Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. I'm Jesse Thorne. It's Bullseye. I am really excited to welcome Maria Bamford back on Bullseye, my favorite comedian in the world. She is, of course, a veteran stand-up with eight specials to her name. Her comedy is quite the experience. She changes voices, sometimes almost like she's been possessed, channeling friends and family members. It's not what you'd expect to see on a stand-up stage, but it's also concrete and relatable. She talks about career anxiety and relationships and mental illness, which she still struggles with today. The brilliance behind Maria's work is in its humanity. What's she been up to these days? Well, after working for two seasons as the star and creator of Lady Dynamite on Netflix, Maria has another new special out. It's called Weakness is the Brand. It's out now on pretty much every platform. Let's listen to a little bit from that new special. Doesn't need much setup as you're about to hear. Maria is making the case for why greatness, greatness in all things, is overrated. Why does everything have to be so good? There's a lot of talk in society, but that's amazing. That's genius. He's a pig of productivity. She's a kaleidoscope of can-do. Yes. There are certain people in society who have a tremendous amount of talent. You combine that with an unbelievable work ethic. It is greatness. Really that interesting. Haven't we seen it before? Einstein, Beyonce, the Muppets, Japan. I adore a two-star experience. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> Maria, you're, so you're in here uh, living along with your comedy special yes. like no one since... I think one of the Pointer sisters once sang along with herself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll sing my own bits along with myself. Yes, yes. Uh, Maria, Maria, welcome back to Bullseye. It's very nice to see you. Thank you so much always. for having me on the Bullseye. I'm delighted. Uh, you've been doing this thing lately where you recruit people to practice your stand-up on. Yes, off Twitter. So most stand-up comics, mm-hmm. when they're working on material... yes. They work it over a little bit themselves, and then they maybe bring it to the stage and see how it flies or see if new stuff occurs to them as they do it, or they they refine on stage, especially a headlining stand-up comic lives in L.A. or New York or something. They're they're building up an act to take on the road by, you know, working it over in in clubs. Yeah. You decided... (laughs) You decided that the way that you would go through this process was invite one stranger one from person. the internet. That's right. To meet you at a coffee shop at 11 o'clock in the morning. Right. And just go through your act with you. Yes. Yes. And there's no pressure. They don't have to react in any certain way. I've definitely had people not laugh. But that is not unlike a show in Los Angeles. Often there are not many people in the audience. So, yeah, it wasn't 
too different from a regular show in LA, <laughs> where it's mostly comedians in the audience, and uh, and yet, yeah, I could name the time. I could uh, it could be geographically very close to me, and uh, and also it was definitely going to be a fan. You know, somebody who follows me on Twitter, unless of course I, it hasn't happened yet that somebody you know decided to to punk me and show up and go, <laughs> which. That that's gonna be exciting uh, when that happens. But yeah, it it was. I'm a Fabergé egg sitting on a velvet pillow. I I, <laughs> I need to have pleasant experiences. More pleasantries. <laughs> I know. And some comics totally disagree. You know, you, oh, you gotta get yourself toughen yourself up. Make sure you can do any crowd. You know, you're not a real comic, which is fine. If I'm not a real comic and I don't have to do those gigs, then yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like there is. You know, a, a couple of years ago, the stand-up comedian Bill Burr did an interview where he spoke up against. Uh, the softness of an alternative room mm. where you can just his, his description of an alternative room I'm going to be frank sounded like 1997 to me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it involves people reading jokes off of note cards and so, yeah, something like yeah. that I don't know if he spent how much t- or how, how facetious he was being and I don't know how serious he was but uh, his point seemed to be and Bill is uh, in my experience a nice man and certainly is a brilliant stand-up comic yes. but his perspective seemed to be I have been through hell Yes. So, Performing for audiences who hate me, you should too. Which I completely respect that. And I think it is I one of my favorite things to watch is Bill Burr being uh, booed by the entire city of Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, that is uh, one of the best videos oh, on YouTube. <laughs> it is a delight to watch him counting down the minutes. I've, I've done shows like that uh, and not as severe. I've gotten teary-eyed on stage once. I, I think, I don't know if it's a product of getting older and knowing that there's only so much time left. Going, yeah, I, I've I've had a terrible night. I've done it. To the extent that it starts crushing my spirit, I don't know how useful me doing one-nighters in North Dakota is really going <laughs> to make me a better comedian. Maybe it will. Maybe it would. And, and if I've lost my edge or, you know, if I ever had an edge, uh, I think some people could argue that point that I was never um, very good YouTube <laughs> commenters. But, uh, yeah, then, oh, well, I've had a... A nice life. I've had a nice life. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's not, the machismo. I love machismo, and I love the whole idea of like I'm gonna kill it. But as a, you know, and I used to do more dealing with hecklers kind of stuff of anger of. Uh, oh, guess what? Um, you guys don't think this is a comedy show? Well, it isn't. It's an intervention. Uh, we're all here together to tell you how you're. At live uh, entertainment events, I'll go first. We're going on the room using I statements. I feel like you should shut the up. Like even that, like I, I just feel like that anger. I don't. I just don't want to go there anymore. Like people come in a MAGA hat to a show they didn't realize they were come seeing because they're like, oh, it's a blonde woman. I, I'll like it. Nope. Um, you know, and if they say boot, I'm gonna just you know, talk to them and try to be loving towards them and say, I think you've made a terrible mistake. I know I have coming to Buffalo uh, for a full weekend. Uh, (laughs) I should have just done a Tuesday, Wednesday and done a door deal. (laughs) But I did not. Shame on both of us. (laughs) What do you get out of 
rehearsing with a stranger sitting across from you at a table in a cafe? Uh, human connection. I'm lonely. Oh, my God. We live in Los Angeles where you barely see human beings. So it's, it's, I, I am grateful uh, to meet a, a smiling, pleasant person. And, uh, yeah, I just uh, – and I want others to have a good time. Like, there's nothing more miserable. Like, I feel bad when people come to a show and they're – pissed off and they've had two drinks and they're drunk and then they're like oh I don't like anything this person's saying and I don't think it's funny I I feel bad jeez that sucks um and then you're squished and you're kind of lit especially clubs kind of light the audience too and so you can't leave and oh listen I'm not going to say they're victims but <laughs> <laughs> Maria, I'm I'm glad that someone is finally speaking up on behalf of the misunderstood people who get too drunk and heckle at comedy shows, oh God, ruining shows. the experience for everyone else. Well, oftentimes they're not drunk. Oftentimes they're just pissed. Uh, I, I've, I've, I sh- I, I'm giving them, um, yeah, more of an alcohol problem than they usually have. Usually people are fairly uh, sentient and uh, upright when they say, you f- suck. All right. Well, <laughs> it seems like some feelings are coming up. Um, let's have some curiosity about this, as my therapist says. <laughs> <laughs> interrogate your hecklers as you would interrogate your feelings? <laughs> yeah. Well, it is fascinating because you never know why someone's upset or even if they are upset. Sometimes somebody's making a noise that sounds aggressive, but in fact it's uh, an interesting laugh or some form of cerebral palsy. Like you just, you've got to really see the person. That's a problem too is it's dark oftentimes. um, And so you can't always see exactly what is going on. Is someone um, having a great time, confused, any number of things. I mean, sometimes they don't even know what they're feeling, which is even more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I one man uh, come up on stage with me. He just walked up on. It's like there's there's bouncers, a security. No, no, they didn't stop. The guy gets gets up, stands up on stage, and he, then he, he. I think he was really on high. He was on drugs, and he and I asked him what he needed. Uh, He's very tall, uh, and he, he said he just wanted a hug. So I gave him a hug, and then I let him. Let him off stage, but uh, that, I mean, that's what you want to go for a live performance for is to see will the comedian get killed? Will <laughs> is tonight the night? No, uh, no, it, it turned out it was, it was fine, but um, but I, I, I think <clears throat> I do, I do like the challenge of live performance, but yeah, to the point where uh, I'm gonna feel bad about existing, mm, I'm out. You have a new show called What's Your Ailment? Yes, on topic.com. Where, where, where you talk to people of note, I would say is the broad category. Yes. Interesting people of note about yes. their mental illnesses. Yes. What is your current state of health, if Very I may ask? Very good. Very good. And uh, of course, uh, as. My mentals have made me a millionaire. Uh, it's a bit of a concern, uh, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, uh, yeah. The the idea for the show topic uh, came up with it, and I thought they they thought it would be a helpful thing for to to 
discuss mental health with other people. And I thought I would. That sounds fun um, to uh, talk about it. Um, my my thing that I was interested in hearing people is what have they gotten for free for healthcare? What and what terrible healthcare have they received that was weirdly helpful in the end? Uh, for example, I went to a free clinic and the the therapist was so overwhelmed by my problems. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> that I was like, I'm going to be fine. Are you? Should I check in on you next week? Like, what? <laughs> uh, I got I got plans. Uh, yeah, so th- that that kind of thing. Like, uh, what? and what have you gotten for free? Because uh, it's less interesting to me, I think, uh, to ask People who are in, in the entertainment in in the entertainment industry who are usually earning fairly well or union members and you it's relatively uh, easier to get health care uh, than it than it is for your average bear uh, and there's much more acceptance in the workplace I think so I try to ask people have they ever lost a job because of um, what they think was a, an illness issue and. Um, because that has happened to me, or not ha- happen, you know, but happened as a result of of uh, health issues, and yeah. So I, the question I asked questions that I wanted to know the answers to. <laughs> what have you figured out uh, in your working life as a stand-up comic, working the road, uh, and working in film and television, makes it possible for you to do your work? you know, sustainably for you? Well, total self-employment. Like, I I can say no to whatever I want. Uh, also, st- stand-up is two hours a night at, at, the, at the most of performance. And then, uh, it, yeah, if you go out and sell merch. I don't know if you're a merch guy, Jesse, but I love to sell merch um, with my friend Jackie Cation. Uh, it also feels good to the brain, uh, the uh, bursts of... Uh, joie, joy from the uh, audience that feels tremendous. So it it can be good if uh, I'm sure if I were doing other things, uh, drugs and alcohol and that kind of thing. I think then things can become more chaotic. But yeah, it's it's been a very good job, very good job. I know you travel. Speaking of Jackie Cation, comedian Jackie Cation, yeah. you've you've worked the road a lot with Jackie. Yes, yes. Um, who's a great stand-up comic, and also just you've often toured with a pal. Yes. And I, I think sometimes of a time I was at a conference, mm. and I have uh, very severe, frequent migraine headaches, mm. and I got a migraine in my, and I was in my hotel room, and I couldn't. I was like literally on the floor of the hotel room yeah. and like was trying to come up with a plan to get into the bed. Yes. <laughs> That's where I was at. Oh. And I knew I had to eat because if I didn't eat, I would, my headache would get worse and worse. Oh. A big trigger for me. And I was there with uh, the form, one of the former producers of this show, Nick, and I texted him and said, hey, Nick, <laughs> can you bring me some food? I'm on the floor of my hotel room. <laughs> yeah. And he said, yep, I can and and brought it to me. But that, I think, having had that experience had two effects on me. Mm. One was, well, I mean, I was had undying loyalty to my friend and colleague Nick for doing that for yes, me. Yes, yes. Uh, because it was so important at, in that time. But it also, it reminded me of how vulnerable I was 
if I was on the road by myself. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I was like, what would I have done if I, cause you know, I have to travel by myself sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Is yeah. that part, is that part of the reason that you often bring somebody with you on the road? For sure. For sure. Like it, uh, it does feel so good. J- Jackie totally saved me. I think it was 10 years ago now, but, um, and I, prior to the current meds that I'm on now and, I was just bombing so terribly at some um, eerie Pennsylvania club, and I got off stage, and I just burst into tears, and she's like, get her some chicken wings, get her some chicken wings, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and which did generally help. And then and and then Jackie switched. She, uh, she was the headliner for the rest of the week, which really uh, used to help a lot in the beginning because, because before the internet, people were less likely to know what they would say were coming to see. So I, I would have the credits to headline, but then uh, people were confused and frightened when they said, we didn't say comedy, comedy. Do you know what kind of comedy this is? No! <laughs> we're coming out. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's great to have uh, a pal and somebody who loves you kind of no, no matter how the show goes um, is is very nice, very nice. Let's hear some more comedy from my guest, Maria Bamford, and her new special, which is called Weakness is the Brand. In this clip, she's talking about having been invited to do a commencement speech at her alma mater, which is the University of Minnesota, and she gets some sage life advice. Okay, class of the, whatever year this is. <laughs> You'll find it doesn't matter. Okay. (laughs) You guys, don't move to Los Angeles with the promise of a touring Star Trek show. Uh, Hook up on a one-night stand with a Vulcan. He gives you an STD that you let go for so long that when you finally go to the Planned Parenthood in Hollywood, California, the doctor says, why did you let this get so bad? Send in your 1040 IRS forms with sorry, don't get it, smiley face, exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) You can, but they will bill you. (laughs) They'll send you an invoice. (laughs) Yes, yes. What I love about uh, that story around you giving the commencement speech and you you did this is a real speech that yes. you really gave yes i did yes um, you can see it all on youtube where i i'm it's i did it so poorly i make little eye contact anyways i'm not the best speaker <laughs> <laughs> but there's a couple of things that happen over the course of this story one is comedian jackie cation's 83 year old dad gives you some advice on how to ask for money to give a commencement speech never say no without a number that means if you're not even sure you want the job, put out some ridiculous, something you've never gotten before in your life. That way, either you get a ton of money or you don't have to do it. Genius. <laughs> He's right about that. Genius. He's right on target. Uh, and then by the time you are ready to collect the money, mm-hmm. which they initially resisted paying you anything on the grounds that it is <laughs> it's, an, it's honor an honor to be asked to, be, to give a commencement speech. <laughs> Um, But anyway, you are so racked with guilt Mm -hmm. 
about the prospect of collecting this money that you decide to give it away to someone in the audience to pay off their loans. Pay down their student loans. Well, and you had to, I had to do two speeches that day, so I gave it away in increments of four checks, twenty five hundred apiece. To I did blank checks or to Sally May. I did four Sally May student loan checks. So I asked uh, any two kids. You guys got. Salome, and then two kids ran up uh, from the audience. I was like, good hustle, good hustle. And um, uh, yeah, and the good thing about uh, that, it was a good math lesson because or about negotiating. Had I negotiated for more, I could have given away more, which is... Uh, <laughs> somehow you're, Maria, somehow you are spinning this story. Yeah, that I'm a bad person. Where, into you being <laughs> a bad person. You, you went on a trip... <laughs> To a place that is a four-hour, five-hour flight from where you live. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You went, you delivered a public good. The you offered country. the wisdom that you had to offer to young people who required wisdom. Yes. You then gave away the money that you earned to help those young people. And you are now telling me why you're a bad person for having done this. You do this in the special, too. When you tell this story, you're like, if you're going to do something good, make you, you start being self-deprecating about it. Uh, yeah, well, because, I mean, it is, it is true. Like, if I could have a little camera on my head every time I did something good so that people could see, you know, I do, like... I re- one of the first times I did some charitable act, I remember, was when I was a kid. I saved up 20 bucks, and I put it in the communion thing as I was passing the communion bowl. And I remember going, is everybody seeing this? Is everybody? <laughs> everybody got an eye on this? Nobody cared. And, I, <laughs> like, I do have that instinct, which totally takes, from what I've heard from Jewish culture, it takes the blessing out of it if you are uh, not doing something anonymously. To which I say, can't we have any fun? (laughs) (laughs) The conclusion of my interview with Maria Bamford coming up after just a minute. Don't go anywhere. It's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. You might know Nick Kroll from his very raunchy animated show on Netflix, Big Mouth. Are you the puberty fairy? The puberty fairy? I'm the hormone monster. I'm not a fairy. Well, now he's starring as a romantic lead in a movie set at the Olympics. Actor and comedian Nick Kroll, next time on It's Been a Minute from NPR. Hi, I am Lori Kilmartin. And I'm Jackie Cashin. Together, we host a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show. Uh, we're both stand-up comics. We recently met each other because women weren't allowed to work together on, on the road or in gigs for a long, long time. And so our friendship has been unfolding on this podcast for a couple of years. Jackie constantly works the road. I write for Conan and then I work the road in between. We do a lot of stand-up comedy. And so we celebrate stand-up and yes. we also bitch about it. We keep it to an hour. We don't have any guests. We somehow find enough to co- talk about every single week. So find us. You can subscribe to The Jackie and Lori Show at MaximumFun.com org or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, bye. Welcome back to Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest is Maria Bamford. She is a brilliant stand-up comic and actor. She has a new special out called Weakness is the Brand. You can rent or buy it online pretty much anywhere. She is also the host of a new talk show. On What's Your Ailment, Maria talks somewhat seriously about mental illness with folks in comedy like Rachel Bloom, Baron Vaughn, and Tom Arnold. It's streaming now on Topic. Let's get back to our conversation. 
Um, you've been married for a few years yes. now. Yes. Uh, to your wonderful husband, Scott. Yes. Uh, he comes up in the special a lot. Yes. Uh, how has being married after many years of very fitful romantic life? <laughs> yes. Uh, how has it? How has it changed your life? Uh, it's uh, been spectacular. Um, I can only. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely didn't have the willingness to go through any uh, discomfort of intimacy before, uh, even so much as far as uh, friendships and my family. I mean, I moved away from my family for 2,000 miles, so you don't, I don't have to have those kind of intense interactions with anybody on a regular basis. And stand-up is certainly a controlled way of uh, connecting with people. So, uh, yeah, um, it's been... Wonderful, and w- neither of us were very good at it. He also ha- had not had uh, any long-term uh, relationships or ever been married before, and so we were both like, "Come on, let's do this." We went to the Gottmans. I don't know if you ever heard of the Gottmans. They um, they have a theory. They call it the Love Lab, where they've done scientific studies of couples for over thirty thirty years, uh, doing a uh, blood pressure monitoring and other things over the course of a 72-hour weekend to see what are the things that cause people to divorce. And um, so we went to go see, uh, went to one of their conferences and you don't, what are the four signs of the apocalypse in a relationship are criticism. Uh, Let's say, let's say I go, oh, I have a sailboat. Criticism, that's a stupid sailboat. Contempt, you and sailboats defensiveness what sailboat and stonewalling <laughs> and that's when you say you say absolutely nothing that's the uh, a silent treatment which i have a i have a friend who does that she that's her way of expressing anger is a is a silent treatment and um and yeah just to to have more willingness to try to understand someone else's point of view and to see my own uh foibles um Anyways, it's it's been delightful, and and to let let myself be loved by by somebody, I think is uh, is is new, um, and to take the risk, you know, because I mean, you, even though you love somebody, you, there is always that sense of like, well, what if what if you do wake up, you know? Because people are always saying in those like magazines, like, I never knew, and like, I guess that can happen to anybody, but I was like, well. If I find out something later, <laughs> I'll just be like, God, that's amazing he kept that from me <laughs> for decades. There were bodies in the backyard. <laughs> he was, <laughs> but I mean, I, I, of course, I don't think that of my husband, but I, I just, you know, just to, I think it's good to, to risk in, the, in, in life. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I, that we been together. It's been wonderful. And and that's also part of the reason I don't want to do shows at night is because we're at home snuggling. <laughs> I got to snuggle. Bring him out to the show. Oh, Have him snuggle you while you do your oh. shtick. And he does do stand-up. He does it um, in support of... He he started doing it about uh, three years in because he had fear of public speech speaking. And I'm just like, oh my God, do stand-up. Nobody's paying attention. And... Um, and he, so he's done it. He just does, he's really funny. He's really good. And he's let me use a lot of his bits, which is very kind. But he's a painter. He's a painter. Scott Marvel Cassidy. Scott, Scott Marvel Cassidy.com.
One of the things that you describe in, I guess it was in in an episode of uh, What's Your Ailment, is that your thoughts have slowed yes. a little. Yes, for sure. And yeah. you're such a careful writer. I mean, I think of all the of all the stand-ups that I know, mm. which are, you know, many, mm-hmm. I think you are the the most careful and uh, maybe one of the best writers of, of any Aww. stand-up. And, like, your your diction is always very specific. Yes. Oh, I love words. I love them so much. And so I want to use what I think are the right words. Sometimes I don't always look it up. And then uh, I use a word that's like the word that I mean to use. But uh, wait, what was the question? So, so the question, <laughs> the question was, how does your mind being a little slower affect your process of making stand up? Because you're a, you're a comic who you really write your jokes, and like you write them in paragraph form. Yeah, it. I mean, I write. I, I'll write beats. I just I write beats out and then um, sometimes I'll write it out to to remember it or to try to get exactly what I'm trying to uh, say with a, a, a joke. Sometimes you get away from like, oh, what, why was I even, why was this interesting to me in the first place? Um, so... Uh, yeah, it's, it's slower. I, I think I said on the, on the show that sometimes I've taken less meds so that I can kind of speed things up a little bit and get some, which uh, is not so great. That is not the greatest. Um, but, um, I don't think I, I haven't done that in a few years and I'm, uh, yeah, I'll, I just, now it's just a slower process. I, I still have new bits. I have one I'm excited about, um, about children's books and Richard Scarry, Busy Town. Have you ever read Richard Scarry, sure. Busy Town? Of course you have. It's yeah. If you don't know it, it's anthropomorphized animals, uh, and then they have little jobs in a big scene. So if you don't know how to read, you know, it says Baker next to the cat, and the cat's wearing a... Uh, uh, an apron and a puffy hat. Cat bakes donuts, by the way. And yeah. I'm just like, come on, let's fry, yeah. let's, no, fry let's fry donuts. Well, let's fry our donuts. Th- th- yeah, and, but the, you know he's a baker because it's steaming. You know, whatever he has steaming is so beautiful. Um, and the great thing I love about those things, you know, they have a taxi driver who's an alligator and a, and the cop is chasing him, but he's a mouse. The mouse is a... They, there's no backstory, you know, you don't have to hear the 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 whole all the details behind it. Like, well, the cat inherited the business actually, and he's he's not. There's not as much passion there. The recipes are the same, but everything tastes different. <laughs> because I would like to think in that scene, I would be a bear, and it would say comedian right next to me, and you know, schoolhouse type face, and. Uh, you would know that I was the comedian because I would have a big uh, bow tie and a flower that squirts. And you don't, nobody goes, oh, is she any good? No. <laughs> of course. It's the town comedian. She makes the whole town laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just, the, the, I'm still coming up with ideas, but I think it's, it's slower. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear some more comedy from my guest, Maria Bamford, and her new special, Weakness is the Brand, which is on almost all platforms. Oh, God, yes. Almost all platforms. Um, In this clip, Maria is uh, portraying uh, two very near and dear to her 
persons who've come up in this conversation already. Uh, her soft-spoken and very Christian mother and her, her sweet and somewhat timid husband, uh, Scott. And uh, her mom is trying to talk Scott and, and Maria through some issues. The first voice you'll hear is is the is the mom. Now, Scott, do you have any concerns? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maria, I, I love you. I I love that you put a bench on the front lawn, but now uh, there is a man living there. <laughs> which is fine, we live in Los Angeles, uh, but now when you uh, leave your keys in the front door overnight, over and over and over again, I feel terrified. (laughs) It's just, that's where they fit. (laughs) Maybe maybe I could ask the guy on the bench to remind, honey, no, okay, shut it down, shut it down. <laughs> yeah, I know that you really did put a bench in front of your yes, house. Yes, yes, and it brought all sorts of wonderful. It, I read in a study from the Netherlands that if you p- provide a place to sit, it builds community. So, uh, provided it, and it did. Uh, people c- came to sit, babies and uh, young lovers would have a smoke um, and, a, and a snog on the on the bench, and then also. Uh, a man lived there for a certain amount of time. There was some light prostitution happening uh, between it and a and a white van parked outside our house. Um, yeah, so all all sorts of things came to the bench, and and now we live in a different neighborhood, and we have just put out a new bench. So very exciting to see what's going to come. Congratulations, yes. not just to you, to, but to the people of Altadena, yes. California. <laughs> come have a seat. You have done a lot of material about your parents over the years. Yes. You also did an entire stand-up special where the audience was just your parents. Yes. Yes. Um, are your parents proud of your career? Well, interesting you should ask that because uh, I did. I got a write-up in for this special in the New York Times and in the New Yorker, and so I... I kind of waited for my mom, you know, my mom, are you going to call me? You know, and she did. And she told me everything that she ate that day. And (laughs) there was this, we went out to this Cuban place and it just wonderful fish. I, you know, I could live on beans and rice. I really could. I could live on beans and rice, beans and rice. And I had to prompt her, mom, (laughs) I was just in the... New York Times. <laughs> and then, is that? Oh, honey, I know. I saw that. That's so great. I had to prompt her, Mom, can you please say, I'm proud of you? Oh, oh, I didn't think, oh, I didn't think you'd need that. All right. Uh, honey, I am very proud of you. I am very, very proud of you. And now, every time she calls me the past few times, she says, I am proud of you. I am proud of you. Which I don't know. I've, I mean, I think it's just as meaningful, even if I've given her a script and a line reading. <laughs> <laughs> it felt sincere. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> no, she no. They're very. They're extremely supportive. Um, they have me on Google Alert. How much more supportive can you be? Are you proud of your career, Maria? Yes, I'm very proud. Oh my God, I'm done. Uh, I'm so, <laughs> is is this it? <laughs> it's been a. It's been. I, I'm. I'm very. Yes, I'm very proud of myself. Um, uh, yeah, because it is. I mean, it is about hanging hanging in there, and um, and also I. I also want to acknowledge that I've been an extraordinarily uh, privileged. Uh, I've given a full ride scholarship through life for the age of twenty four by by my parents, and uh, so yeah. Though I've had some setbacks, uh, for the most part, it's been gravy. So uh, yeah, I'm. A, but I'm, I'm proud of myself because you, you still gotta show up. Um, that's one thing everybody has some power to do is to to show up in whatever way you can. So. I have done that uh, for the most part. If I can't show up, uh, I can Skype. (laughs) Skype in if you can. Maria, I'm always glad to see you. I loved your new special and I loved your show. Uh, And I thank you for coming and doing this with me. Thank you so much. I uh, am so grateful to be on the show. It's a wonderful show. (laughs) Maria Bamford, best in the business. Her new stand-up special, Weakness is the Brand, is fantastic. You can rent or buy it pretty much everywhere. Her show, What's Your Ailment, is available to watch now on the streaming network Topic. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye produced at MaximumFun.org World Headquarters, overlooking MacArthur Park in beautiful Los Angeles, California, uh, where, this week... Our colleague, Chewy, brought avocados from his dad's avocado orchard in Temecula. So, thanks for the avocados, Jesus, and Dad Ambrosio. The show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our producer is Kevin Ferguson. Jesus Ambrosio is our associate producer and brings the avocados. We get help from Casey O'Brien. Our production fellow is Jordan Cowling. Our interstitial music is by Dan Wally, also known as DJW. You can find a collection of music that he has made for Bullseye on Bandcamp, and it is Pay What You Will. Just search there for uh, DJW Bullseye. Our theme song is by The Go Team. Thanks to them and their label Memphis Industries for letting us use it. And we have decades of interviews in our archives at MaximumFun.org or in your favorite podcast app. Uh, You can also find them on YouTube. There are a bunch, years worth, with Maria Bamford, who I have long felt is America's greatest stand-up comic. Uh, So make sure to find those. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Search for Bullseye with Jesse Thorne there. And I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR.